Welcome to the Nate Brown Show. Here's your host, Nate Brown. Welcome in your sports, your show. It's always a great day in the Black Hills, even though it's 100, it's too smoky. Always a great day in the Black Hills and always ready to go from our downtown studio. The Nate Brown Show back, South Dakota Sports Talk Show. Two hours of some good content today. Some great guests across the board, some great content. We'll get after it. The Nate Brown Show brought to you in part by the Rehab Doctors, our partners in so many uh, of the great teams around here, the partner like the Rapid City Rush, the official sports medicine physicians of the Rush, the rehab doctors. And that's who you want to see for pain relief without surgery, okay? For pain relief without surgery, take your first step to feeling better, therehabdoctors.com. Let's look at the Tuesday show and uh, give you some good stuff across the board. Major League Baseball, high school football, college football. We got it all covered um, right here. We'll get into... A little bit of NFL today as well. We'll have some fun with that. Let's look at the lineup. Craig Maddox going to drop by, our friend from Sioux Falls. Craig in South Dakota Public Broadcasting live from Sioux Falls. We want to break down a lot of the topics uh, in the high school football ranks, some of which we discussed here yesterday on the show. If you missed yesterday's show, we'll kind of build on it a little bit. I'm going to go down to Alabama today and have a guy on we haven't had, Ben Thomas, writes for AL.com, great publication down there, covers Alabama high school football. What do they do unique in Alabama with high school football that I think South Dakota could look at? They could look at Ben Thomas covers Alabama high school uh, football for AL.com. He's going to join us coming up. Ben Verlander checks in today. Fox Sports Major League Baseball analyst with our weekly hit on the Nate Brown Show, the Flippin' Bats pod. Ben Verlander in and Brad Powers live from Las Vegas, kind of breaking down the college football landscape as we're we're getting close to some games, close to some college football games. Brad Powers is in from Vegas, handicapper. And on the high school football front here locally, another stop through the practices as we get set for our first games coming up. We'll go out to Douglas today, check in with the Patriots and longtime head coach Dan Machacek. What does it look like in Patriot football uh, territory out there for Douglas? We'll talk to Coach Magic on the way. 720-1067 is our number. The Boss Pizzeria and Sports Bar, new on Lacrosse Street. The Sports Line live for you, 720-1067. Check in and be a part of the conversation there. And also on the Barons-Wilson text line. You can text the show directly. Your comments will get those out as well. 720-1067. Same number. Text the show if you can't call us on the Barons-Wilson text line. So one of the big headlines today caught my attention because this is something that I've asked the audience about, and this is something I think about quite a bit, especially in the state of South Dakota, that some of the numbers in football participation has gone down. And so if you listen to the show, we kind of break um, – a lot of things down. Why is that? And, and various things uh, factor in. Various things factor in. One of the things that's been, uh, you know, in South Dakota specifically, small communities, we're losing football teams, football players, uh, teams that don't win. 
then they're losing more players. They can't build the program. So there's been all this talk. Well, we need to start our programs better in middle school, and that would help the high school programs. And so all of these ideas that are valid, by the way, a lot of them are valid. You guys have checked in and told me over the last uh, couple of years. But always in the background, in, in the background, and nobody wants to throw it out. Nobody wants to really discuss it. At least that's how I feel, is are we losing kids to playing football because of the health and safety factor? I really want to know what percentage of folks out there, it's, it's going to be hard to find unless you do a real scientific uh, poll and, and study, how many parents are out there right here, right now, having young kids saying, I just don't know if I want them to play football. That's always, that's always been in the background, and especially the last, what would you call it, three to four years, when CTE has been talked about in the news, in the headlines, and there's a story about it here, a story about it there. And a lot of people don't understand it. They, they hear about it. They, they look at certain things. And then I just wonder what percentage then goes down the road of, well, CTE, and, and we've heard it can happen in some of these pro football players. And after their brains have been studied, after they passed away and, and they have it, and did they was their health so terribly affected by it? And then that just gets into... Do I want my son playing high school, uh, uh, playing football? Forget about high school, but just playing football. And how many players are we losing over the last? I'm going to say five years. Is that fair? I think uh, I've been doing this show for a long time, uh, yeah, across the region here. But over the last five years, I'd say the CTE discussion in football has been more evident. More um, upfront, there's been more stories on it and studies done, um, organizations looking at this, like the Concussion Legacy Foundation, which is out today with a new PSA. And that's one of the headlines I start with today. What percentage of parents out there say, uh, I, I just don't know if I'm going to have my son play football. How many players are we losing there Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre is part of the Concussion Legacy Foundation's new campaign and a PSA that just got released today. And Brett Favre was making the rounds um, on the PR tour on the Today Show and uh, further. And Brett Favre is, is urging parents, actually, to not have kids play tackle football until they're at least 14. Now, here's what I want everybody to understand. People are getting into big arguments here. I'm not going to listen to Brett Favre. I'm not going to listen to Brett Favre. He doesn't know. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, whatever you think of Brett Favre, whatever you think of him, he's working with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. This just isn't Brett Favre's magic number. Hey, 14 years old, that's, that's what I think it should be. They've been looking at things um, in this uh, study at Boston University. They've been looking at CTE for a while at Boston University, which was also included in this scenario with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And so they're the ones that pushed forward with the data. They now have Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre basically as a spokesperson. And I watched the PSA this morning as it came out. 
I watched it this morning, um, and the PSA explains that the longer a child may play tackle football, they could develop CTE, the progressive and fatal condition in your brain, okay? If you don't know what CTE is, you can, you can look that up. So I do ask the question, though, now that you have a big name, a big name, recognizable name, guy that's played football a long time, Hall of Famer, um, who had a share of concussions along the way, and he talked about that. He said, hey, I, I may have CTE. I, I, I wonder about it sometimes with certain things that happen in my life. So I'm not going to downplay Brett Favre's concern about it. What I am going to say is, along the way, do you believe that we should just pull back, pull back, starting tackle football? That would be now at eighth grade. And by the way, that's where school tackle football starts here. I have that right. So when it comes to school tackle football, we start at eighth grade, which some people think from a competitive standpoint, now this is a different uh, scenario, from a competitive standpoint, eighth grade, well, that's too late. We get into tackle football and some kids don't know what they're doing and it's too late and then they get to high school and that's why we don't get better. That's what some people have said in the community and on this show. But that's how we started here in Rapid City. Tackle football in the schools doesn't start until eighth grade. That would fit the scenario from Brett Favre today. He says 14 years old. I ask you, what is your take on Brett Favre um, saying no tackle football until 14 years old? No tackle. How much does it make you think? Maybe more that Brett Favre's behind it? Rather than you're looking through more pieces of um, literature and tough things to decipher, and you're wondering, okay, how many brains were studied, what type of players were in this study, the whole thing. Brett Favre getting behind it, does it give it more validity for you? What is your take on Brett Favre saying no tackle football until 14 years old? That's my question of the day as we start on a Tuesday. I do have a side note. Kind of a side question of the day as I'm thinking about this. I, I do wonder how many kids are bagging it from their parents, from the parent side saying, yeah, there's just too much stuff uh, coming out about this. There's just too much stuff when it comes to concussions, more concussions, the possibility of CTE. Uh, it's not worth the risk, uh, Jimmy. It's not worth the risk. I, I really do wonder how many parents are in that category. Let's take a look at the vote. I'm surprised by the vote early on here as we just started this this afternoon. I'm surprised by the vote early on. Look at uh, the results right now. What is your take on Brett Favre saying no tackle football until 14 years old? He's not trying to ban football overall. He said play flag football. That's, that's what he's trying to tell you. Play flag football. No tackle football until 14 years old. 71% of the audience so far on the social media, we got what do we got? 184 votes. 71% of people say Favre has a point, flag is the best option. 71%, 29% say tackle football is okay if you do it right. That's a big discrepancy. I'm surprised to see it, actually. I am. What do you say? Thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? 
Well, I think that's too late. I mean, I'm probably in the 29%. I just think you need to coach these kids to quit tackling with their head. I mean, I, when I played, we were never taught to tackle with your head. You tackle with your shoulder, drive your shoulder into the man, lift and drive it backwards. We, we were never taught to, to lead with our head and tackle with our head. How do you, how do you tackle if you can't even, you turn, if you duck your head, you're losing your, your vision, you're losing your target to, uh, you know, we always told you know, around the waist, aim for the waist with your shoulder. Yes, I remember uh, so form how, tackling. How do you, how we do you did do that form if tackling. Your head is down? Yeah, we did yeah, form tackling. Your head, thing. Your, your, uh, if your head's pointed to the ground, your eyes are pointed to the ground, and leading with your head, how do you see where your target is to tackle? So I just think it's a matter of coaching the kids properly to tackle. I mean, I think that's where they they miss so many tackles now. Even the NFL college got all these guys that want to try to knock the ball carrier off their feet by leading, you know, just plowing into them instead of wrapping them up. Yeah. You see so many of these tackles where guys bounce off, you know, you know, uh, shoulder because they don't wrap up. They try to knock the the, the ball carrier, or the receiver, off, you know, off their feet by just, you know. Lean with their head, or leaning with their whole body, and then bad just, things you know, happen. By the way, when you lean in with yeah. your head, when you target yeah. with your head, bad things can happen. By and the way, you miss more ta- you miss more tackles that way, and guys bounce off because you're not wrapping up with your arms. You're just leaning with your head or your shoulder, and not wrapping up, and the guy spins off, and he's you know off to the races. So. Other, you say you got to do it right. Part. You say you got to yeah. do it right. Teach it right. Well, that's part of it. Right and yeah. That that that's so. part of it. There's no doubt about it. Um you got to teach it right and parents need to find those leagues that do teach it right. Um we wait until right, eighth, you know. we wait until 8th grade right now. I played tackle as a 5th grader. That that was my first year. And something tells me you know, I don't know if I like seeing the little second graders out there. I mean, it is their right. I mean, they're they're playing football. But um, I said fifth grade. Maybe that's okay. I kind of learned a lot of things along the way as a fifth grader. You kind of had a better sense for what's going on rather than a little kid like an eight-year-old. Well, another aspect I think, too, is you need to teach the, the ball carriers. You know, they that's, to me, as much of a problem as it is on the defensive side. Is you got offensive players that lead with their head also. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. I don't know. We've talked before about all these penalties being assessed to the defensive player. Well, a lot of times it's helmet helmet because the offensive player leads with their head. So that needs to be coached up as well. Yeah. Is, you know, you you uh, put your shoulder into the defensive player too and drive. You know, you pump your legs and you drive through the man. It's the same way on offense. So I think it's both sides of the ball need to be coached up that way. Yeah, football, by the way, requires a lot of coaching and technique. A lot of coaching and technique. Good to hear from you. Thanks for getting in. I appreciate it. Um, As we get started, I am surprised by the results of the question of the day so far. Just, Just from this standpoint, Brett Favre says, hey, I'm, you know, working with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, looking at data, okay, um, and some of the high school players that have had CTE, okay, that's what the Boston University study is telling us, that some of these high school players have had CTE, and they started playing before the age of 14. That's where this kind of uh, went down. And Brett Favre saying, I'm going to put my name behind this saying, 
Uh, and he said this a few years ago that I wouldn't let my son play football. I wouldn't let my son play football. He says now, no tackle football until you're 14. So the audience right now reaction, uh, reaction 71% hanging on flag is best all the way until 14. So that just to put that in perspective, that would be eighth grade learning to play tackle football for the first time as an eighth grader. Here's a couple of things that I do think about. A couple of things I think about that people don't touch on a lot. We have better technology and better practices, if you're doing it right in a league, than we have ever had before. Is that fair? In 2021, we have better helmet technology, safer equipment, and better practices, kind of knowing, hey, this isn't the old days where you knock each other's blocks off in the Mississippi drill, okay? We don't do the Oklahoma drill anymore, okay? This is how we're supposed to play football and learn football along the way. The key is, are we teaching football and the techniques the right way in all of these other uh, youth leagues around the country? That, that's a major key. I've seen videos where they're not teaching a thing, and kids are knocking each other's blocks off. Then you get a big problem. There are leagues, I would assume, that are doing things the right way, sanctioning coaches, coaches' courses, the whole thing. That's important. I will say that's important because that's a big part of the three, the big three. Better technology, okay, over the years, safer. Um, it, it, football essentially should be safer now than it ever was before, the way we look at the game and teach the game. And are the practices, are we teaching it the right way? That's a major factor. And I, I will point out, though, um, they say 14 years old is kind of the, the age number. It's interesting as this moves forward because brains develop even through the high school age. You know, as I was looking at this, I was seeing some, um, some of these doctors that were looking at this uh, story today. And Brett Favre of the Concussion Legacy Foundation saying, they were saying, I'm not so sure it's it's even good after 14. So, as as you make that argument, Brett Favre's saying, well, you should hold off until 14. Some of the doctors have have been saying it's it's not going to be that big of a difference before 14 or after uh, 14. So that's where you get into this scenario. Flag football is that um, the right call for? All of these folks that want to play football and stay healthy, keep themselves in line to not have concussions. And, I, and the sad part is some of this and some of these sports are going to happen. And, and I've always said football kind of gets thrown in. That's the sport that creates all the problems. There's a lot of sports that have concussions, namely soccer as well. And we, we never really say, well, soccer is really, really dangerous. It can be. It can be. Girls and boys soccer, second and third in most concussions in sports. Football's number one, okay? I mean, that, that shouldn't be a surprise. Football's number one. Girls and boys soccer, second and third in most concussions. But people don't necessarily say, well, you should hold off and not uh, play that until uh, you're uh, 14, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be interested to see how far this goes um, 
as Boston University continues to look at the new information we get, it seems like on this every few months, how it affects kids, and as they move forward, how much football they play, and what that means. Is it progressive? Um, this neurological condition, CTE. Brett Favre now in the mix today saying no tackle football until 14 years old. Some reaction from the audience. Let's take a look. Um, listener text, I feel like 14's a little old to start teaching how to safely and properly tackle. Listener uh, reaction, tackle football shouldn't be in the school system till high school. If the object is to just get kids into playing a game or a team game, then it's not important in the fundamentals till high school. Flag football or touch would be better. Interesting. A um, lot of reaction to the question of the day. Your take, you can send it in, 720-1067, 720-1067. There is a state that just launched varsity flag football. Can you believe that? They have tackle football, but they now have 60 teams playing flag football. We'll talk to the guy that's in that state next. From high school to college to the pros, this is the Nate Brown Show on 1067 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Warren Chemical and Equipment Company has a five-step lawn care program to make your lawn the best it can be. Let Warren take care of your lawn weeds, plus five applications of fertilizer and micronutrients for a green, healthy lawn. We also offer lawn aeration to help your lawn breathe. Warren's five-step lawn pro service is the original lawn service company in Rapid City. Single applications of weed and feed or just lawn weeds are also available. Call Warren Chemical and Equipment Company for an estimate on our five-step lawn care program for your lawn. Phone 342 Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Mainly clear tonight with a low of 71. South winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 92. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. Scattered thunderstorms likely. Tomorrow night, lows around 62. Cloudy skies expected. Chance for scattered storms Thursday and Friday, 78. Thursday, 76. Friday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Right now, 101. The 2021 Hard Rocker football season is coming. Feel the excitement of game day Saturday in Rapid City with fellow Hard Rocker fans and alumni this fall. You can be there for every home game when you purchase football season tickets that begin at just $60. With season tickets still available for ramp A, B, and C spaces. Hi, this is Tom Rudabosch, the voice of the Hard Rockers. Coach Charlie Floor and the Hard Rockers are on the rise, and you can be there for the exciting schedule of Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference opponents for a season you won't want to miss. Get your Hard Rocker season tickets today at GoRockers.com. We're all going somewhere, going higher, faster, farther, going in new directions, to new places. At Monument Health, we keep going so you can keep going. We're dedicated to advanced orthopedic care with the latest innovations, technology, expertise, and treatment. So keep exploring, keep making memories, keep going with Monument Health as your partner. Learn more at monument.health slash orthopedics. 
It's Honda's certified dream deal sales event. Up to an additional two years, 50,000 miles comprehensive warranty, plus certified Hondas come with seven-year, 100,000-mile powertrain coverage, free oil changes your first year, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Plus, at Denny Menholtz Rushmore Honda, we buy cars. Vehicles are in high demand, and due to limited inventory, your vehicle has never been worth more. Stop by Denny Menholtz Rushmore Honda and either sell or trade today. Located off I-90 on East Small Drive in Rapid City. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Turn it up. Just getting started, a lot to cover on South Dakota Sports Talk Show. Two hours packed with uh, some great guests across the country and right here in South Dakota. The Nate Brown Show, we're live on Fox Sports Rapid City. We'll go to Vegas tonight, break down some college football wins over under win totals. Brad Powers, handicapper, live from Vegas on the way. Fox Sports Major League Baseball analyst Ben Verlander, he's in tonight. And Craig Maddock coming up from Sioux Falls, talking South Dakota high school football and a plan that I really think we should discuss. But that's why I want to discuss it first with this guy, because Alabama does something interesting. Alabama's got some things popping here uh, when it comes to high school sports, and I think this guy will shed some light on it. Ben Thomas covers Alabama preps, AL.com. Ben Thomas Preps on Twitter. You can find him there. I've been uh, checking out his work, and he joins us here on the Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. Ben, thanks for the time. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Nate. Glad to be on in South Dakota my first time. First time ever. Well, welcome in. I'm sorry we played Sweet Home Alabama for you. I mean, that's just so generic. So generic, Ben. Um, but we oh, welcome- that's all right. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if, if you have me again, though, I usually like some poison intro. Oh, I like that. If you got any of that. Yeah, we do. We do play a little bit of that. Okay, I'll remember that. Um, I want to I hit on this. Before we get kind of into Alabama's unique way that they do some of their – high school classification. I'm kind of setting this up because yesterday I did a show and talked about South Dakota and and how we just base football classes on enrollment. Okay, And you cover high school football and more down there. Um, you guys do a little something a little different, and, and I'll get into that first. I just saw you put this out. On the day that Brett Favre this morning says, no tackle football until 14 years old, you just put this out, and, and I didn't know this, Alabama has about 60 teams, and they're going to launch the first season of flag football. Well, what, what's Girl, the story? What's the story? Girls flag football. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah, How yeah, did that they, develop? Yeah, well, it was uh, developed with the uh, partnership with the NFL and the Atlanta Falcons. Um they came in, and I, you know, it's really strange. I don't, you know, I don't know how they struck up a talk. I, I guess it's just a, a way for, you know, females to have another fall sport. But yeah, they they introduced that, and looks like they got, they I think they've got fifty seven, but close to sixty teams playing this year. I haven't exactly seen the breakdown. I assume it'll be one class, uh, probably one class or one uh, grouping, and then they hope to have a tournament at the end of the year that will conclude with a championship game. Uh, the Wednesday before, well, the Wednesday, we have a Super 7, which is what we call our football championship event. Um, and the 7A championship starts at that night, but they'll have a, a flag football championship sometime that day, apparently. So it'll be interesting to see 
you know, how many teams are involved and how it takes off. Alvin Briggs is our new uh, HSAA executive director, former Auburn football player, uh, former coach in this state, and he, he seems to be optimistic that it will take off well. I've not heard much talk about it, to be honest with you. Um, down here I live in South Alabama and Mobile. I've not heard a lot of talk about it, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it takes off. Interesting, interesting. 60 teams about for uh, flag football, girls' flag football, the first season in Alabama. What do you think the reaction is going to be in Alabama to that Brett Favre statement, though, today? Brett Favre working with the Concussion Legacy Foundation saying, hey, we can play high school football, and so we should start about the eighth grade with tackle football. Alabama's football country. What's the reaction to that? Well, you know, you've heard that said. You know, we've heard that said before. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that I disagree with. It. I mean, a lot of lot of NFL players or former NFL players have have stated that they um, they wish they had started later. We do have, you know, girls. We're talking about girls flag football for high schools, but we do have a growing number of flag football for um, for boys at young age. In fact, my son is a nine year old. He's playing flag football this okay. year. So I think there is a movement. Um, you know, to start a little bit later, uh, maybe not have that, uh, you know, the impact as early in life. And, and, you know, I think people understand that. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, it didn't seem like we were that worried about the concussions and that, or maybe just didn't acknowledge it, I guess. And now I think everybody's geared toward that. Everybody realizes it's a problem, and anything they can do to uh, reduce that is a good thing. Interesting. So give me your perspective, Ben. you got a nine-year-old son. Um, flag football for now. And then what's the discussion like of, eh, let's, let's try tackle at eh, when? Um, you know, he hadn't, shown, uh, he hadn't shown a lot of interest yet. I mean, if he starts playing flag football and he likes it and he, he wants to play, then, you know, I, I'll let him play. You know, I would probably let him play next year if he wanted to play. You know, just try it out and see if he liked it. Um, you know, you do. I think you do as a parent. You have to think about it and, and what comes along with it. But, um and yeah, you know, we would be cautious. We would we would give it a shot and see if he liked it or not. But for right now, I'm happy that he's he's going to play flag football. We're gonna we'll see where that goes. I appreciate that perspective. That's excellent. I have two daughters, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> I don't have to worry That's about the uh, the football factor. We're just playing soccer, which is a little. Eh, there's some stuff that happens there too. Um, let me jump into this. Ben Thomas is on Alabama high school sports writer for AL.com. I've been looking through this, saying what states do what with high school sports and classifying schools. How do we decide who should play who? And Alabama has a system. They kind of work it with some private schools saying, you're going to earn points based on your team's overall finish in a two-year cycle. So if I make the quarterfinals, I get a point. If I make the semifinal, I get a couple points. I make the state championship, I get four points. And then we're going to average that out over two years you end up with a certain number of points, you move up a class. Do I have that right? Yeah, well, it's even more than that, Nate. I mean, this is the the public versus private school debate has been a a key focus in this state uh, for a long time. In 1999, I believe it was, they instituted a private school multiplier. So uh, you know, obviously, uh, class. We first of all, we reclassify every two years. Here. I don't. I think some states do it differently, but we do it every two years. Uh, and of course, it's based on enrollment. Well, in private schools already before this system that you're talking about, we we added in 1999 a 1.35 multiplier, mm. which means each each student in a private school is counted as 1.35 of a student. So mo- in most cases. 
that raises the private school up one classification, at least one classification. So that's already been uh, instituted since 1999. Now, uh, we're going. We're in the. Well, actually, we're just start, about to start the fourth year of competitive balance. So we've. We've. This is the second cycle we've had of this. It started in 2017 is when they approved it. And what it is, as you explained it right, it's. You know, still people were talking about private schools winning too many more championships. We gotta. We gotta even this out. And there are people, especially in the north part of this state, that would like to see private schools. Uh, have their own league, you know, to kick them out totally. They play for their own championships. Uh, public schools play for their own championships. I'm totally anti that. I don't. I think it would take a lot, uh, a lot of rivalries away. I think, you know, pretty, it's pretty. You know, it's not that there's not that much of a disparity. So they came up with this. You you mentioned it. This what we call competitive balance, which is, you know, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of it. But it it mm. is. It basically. Um, the private schools would say it punishes private schools for success. Uh, so, like we had the first the first two year tenure that we had this. Let's just take football as a for instance. We had two football schools who had been very successful in their classifications move up a class. Uh, one down here in Mobile, St. Paul's Episcopal, um, had won uh, I think two straight state titles. So they moved up in class five A. We have seven classifications here in Alabama. So they moved up from five A to six A. They were competitive in 6A, but lost, I believe, in the second round each of those two years. Uh, you can move back down now. You know, they, they judge it each two years. So if they don't accrue, uh, get the right number of points, they move back down. So St. Paul's moved back down to Class 5A and won the state championship and went undefeated last year. So, <laughs> okay. you know, if you, if you look at it that way, I guess it works out. But that's kind of the basis of it. I don't, there's a lot of. A different parts to it. I don't know if I answered any of your questions or not, but fire, no, that, fire any questions you have. No, that, that explains it right there. I just wanted to give it to the audience because some people agree with me. I, I said I would love to see a competitive balance formula. I, I called it a formula, and I've been doing some research saying you can do this. It can't be subjective. Like some people say, Ben, well, we should just have a committee, and they can then decide every two years. This team's won a lot, so they should go up, and this one should go down. It can't be subjective. It's got to be a formula. You said you're not a big fan of this factor. Tell me why. Why? Well, I think two things. Number one, I think we, we, like we have two different things, like I just explained. We have the multiplier already which lifts up people of class, and now we have competitive balance. So I think uh, maybe you do one or the other, you know, but now you're kind of you're kind of putting a double on us on the private schools. And there's been talk also that maybe we should have competitive balance for all schools uh, because that would um, not only, you know, raise the factor for private schools, but in our state, you know, we have a lot of the same perennial powers that are winning state titles or competing state titles, whether they're public or private. So why not do it for all schools uh, and see how that works out? But I don't think – I mean, I think we're, we reclassify this year, so we'll have this calendar year, and they'll reclassify again. And I haven't heard any talk that any of it's going to change. I will say, when you're thinking about the different options for this, that, that we were told they formed a task force, our, our uh, central board, which is the ruling body of the high school association here, formed a task force to look into this issue. And here are the five things they told us they – they um, had as alternatives to this. Uh, number one was leave the private school multiply at 1.35 and do nothing. This is in 2017 when they first instituted competitive balance. Okay. Number two, create a higher multiplier ranging from 1.85 to 
Um, so what that would have done is, is in a lot of cases, raise uh, teams up to maybe two, as much as two classifications. Uh, number three, the third option was place all private schools in a separate classification, which, again, some people still want. I mean, some people are not going to be satisfied no matter what happens until private schools are out. But, you know, as Alvin Briggs pointed out today, some of the charter members of this association 100 years ago were private schools. So, I, yeah, I just don't mm. see that happening. Uh, number four was bar private schools from AHSA membership. In other words, you could uh, – the first one would be – like number three would be you could play during a regular season, but you're not going to play – in the playoffs, and then kick them out totally. And then number five was what they did, which is institute competitive balance. So uh, those were the options they considered. Um, I'm, I'm with I, you on I, it, Ben. I, I, I wouldn't mind competitive balance for everybody. It seems like down there everybody in Alabama says, well, the private schools have such a big advantage. Why is that? Socioeconomic, better access to training. Is that the deal with the private school situation? I think that's the perceived deal with it, Nate. But if you, in our state, um, you know, you have city schools. So you have county and city schools, and, and just as time has grown, the city schools have put a lot more money in, in general into their facilities. They are right. able to hire more coaches. And so city schools really, um, it's not really private schools. It's city and, and private both, you know, have the best resources. And so, you know, these county schools that thrived, you know, 40 years ago, a lot of them are not thriving the same way um, because these other schools have better better resources, better co- more coaches, maybe not better coaches, more coaches, uh, and that type thing. So it, it's an interesting. I mean, I don't know. It seems like it'll come up every year. It's interesting, kind of a different development down in Alabama this year. Uh, this has been the year of high-profile transfers. I mean, I don't know. I guess oh. it started with the transfer portal in college, but every year we have people, you know, kids going from different high schools. This year we've had a lot of our type top recruits uh, change in high schools, uh, probably 15 or 20 of the top recruits in the state in the next couple of years changed high schools. And Where are they going? Know, most, Where? Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. Most of them are going from public to public. Oh. Uh, the oh. private schools are not – a lot of the private schools are not involved in this. So this may uh, kind of detract from this old public-private school talk today, but or in general in the next reclass. But just Alvin Briggs today, interestingly, this was just the media day we had today was just kind of a kickoff the season type thing. But he was asked about public versus private. And what he said was, you know, McGill-Tulin is a Catholic school, private school down here in Mobile. They were a charter member 100 years ago. Why would I go to them and and tell them they couldn't be a member of our association? You know, it's not going to happen. Everybody has a chance to win a championship. So it's been an intense debate, like I said, down here since at least 1999. Uh, and probably will be again, but I think this has satisfied some of the critics. Interesting. Really good perspective and insight on it. Competitive balance factor is in Alabama, but only with the private schools. I think you got to do it for everybody. That's my push here in South Dakota. I really I really believe that. We have a team that's won four straight state championships, and uh, they're just trying to find a way to get it more competitive in certain aspects and for teams that really struggle uh, on the backside. Ben Thomas is the writer, Alabama Preps. He covers them well, AL.com. You can find his work there. I'm going to follow his work on Twitter, at Ben Thomas Preps. Ben, it's good to have you on. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate you having me, Nate. God bless you people up there. Look, maybe I can get up there one day. All right. I appreciate that. Mount Rushmore is our backyard, all right? So come on up. We'll uh, we'll treat you well. Mount Rushmore, you got to see it. Uh, ben Thomas, AL Preps uh, writer uh, for Alabama there. Ben Thomas Preps on Twitter. Um, interesting.
That's interesting. Alabama, one of the only states to have this competitive balance formula that I talked about yesterday, where it's not just enrollment-based. So many states across the country, you take a look, there's people that want this competitive balance formula. They want to find an answer to just enrollment doesn't work to tell you who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. Programs are built many different ways, not just through numbers. I mean, think about it. We don't do all of these classes in any other sport (laughs) in South Dakota. You're going to say, well, it's a team sport and and football is a numbers game. It is to a point, but a program is built through many aspects. Okay, And we don't have seven different classes for every sport in South Dakota. I mean, think about that. I mean, we just lose our minds when it comes to football. We're going to have 11 AAA, 11 AA, 11 A, 11 B, 9 AA. I mean, we just lose our minds. Basketball, how about double A, A, and B? Wow. Nobody gets too, wor- <laughs> Nobody gets too worried about that. Um, we got to have competitive balance factor. Alabama does it um, with the private schools. They kind of say, hey, Private schools do really, really well because they have resources. They, quote-unquote, get the best players, the best trained players, so to speak. They implemented this, and private schools then get moved up and down, up and down. I think you got to do it for everybody. I really do. Boy, how controversial would that be in South Dakota? They say, hey, private schools, we're going to move you up and down. You guys are too good, so you're going to go up. Now, uh, oh, Good luck with that. Uh, listener text coming in. I like it, Nate. Competitive balance for everyone and adjust it every two years. I'm with you on it. I really am. I'm with you on that. Competitive balance formula. You make the quarterfinals, you get one point. You tally it up. You make the semis, you get two points. You make the state championship, you get four points. And then I look at your point total over two years. You make back-to-back state championships. You're moving up. You make back-to-back semifinals, yeah, probably, you know, you have to come up with that number, but you move up. On the other side, you don't even make the playoffs year after year after year. You move down like Spearfish could. Spearfish could move down, maybe get a chance to get that program going again. Got to look at it. Just absolutely have to look at it. Um, here we go. <laughs> I knew we were going to get into some discussion. Let's do this. Craig Maddock is next. South Dakota Public Broadcasting, Sioux Falls. What does he think of my competitive balance factor and point system? Craig Maddock, it might be quite the debate next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show, streaming live at FoxSportsRapidCity.com and right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM, Fox Sports Rapid City. At Corey's Point S Tire and Auto Service, we have the highest customer service standards in the business. Why? Because your safety is what matters most to us. But don't take our word for it. Listen to what our customers have to say. I never have to wonder if the repairs or services were done correctly. The best. Number one in customer service. Outstanding customer service. And top-notch vehicle service and repairs. For quality auto service you can trust, choose Corey's Point S Tire and Auto Service. There's no stress with Point S. 
builds your future at Ainsworth Benning Construction. We're looking for general construction workers, carpenters, concrete finishers, construction superintendents, and project managers. In addition to rewarding work surrounded by the beautiful Black Hills and great benefits such as paid holidays, 401k, and medical, you can also receive up to a $1,000 sign-on bonus. Enjoy a safe and family-friendly work environment as well as an atmosphere that promotes professional development. Apply at AinsworthBenning.com. Positively impacting lives by building community. Ainsworth Benning is an equal opportunity employer. Did you get hit with hail and not sure if you have any damage? Sing Contracting can help. Sing Contracting has openings right now to give you a free estimate on your roof, siding, and gutters. No project is too big or too small. They will do them all. Call Sing Contracting right now at 343-ROOF. That's 343-7663 or visit singcontracting.com. My dad takes good care of me, and he'll take good care of you, too. Call Sing for a free estimate for roofing, siding, and gutters. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in. Lively show today. Lively show. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm trying to come up with a competitive ballots formula for the state of South Dakota so we can get these football classes correct. We've got to get these football classes correct. I mean, it's an absolute uh, mind-numbing situation when you look through it. Well, this team should move down because they haven't won as much. We did that for Aberdeen Central and Watertown just this year. But we don't have a competitive formula that we actually use. We just decided to vote on it, and we did it. we got to have a formula. Like Alabama, they have a formula, but they they do it with the private schools. Uh, Take it easy. I want to do it for everybody, especially in South Dakota. You don't have that many private schools anyway. Um, Craig Maddox in South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Before he has to go to an important meeting, he's got an important segment here. An important segment. Craig Maddox live from Sioux Falls. Craig, how are you? I'm doing good, Nate. By the way, uh, belated happy birthday to you. I'm sure you had a blast for yes. your 40th uh, yes. last weekend. Yeah. Thank you very much. I feel uh, like an adult. I can no longer I'll, be considered uh, a young man. A little, I'll speak a little louder for you, if you don't mind. <laughs> yes, and you can't call me young man anymore. I know that. I know that. Um, let me ask you about this. I, I've, been, I've been hitting this um, yesterday and today. For the first time ever, we have moved teams down in high school football, not based on enrollment, Craig, but a vote by the board saying Aberdeen Central and Watertown really haven't competed well in the big school class for a long time. So let's put them in double A. There's some ESD schools there. That That's a better fit. That happened, yet we only have enrollment to base classes on. That's all. I think mm-hmm. we can have a competitive balance formula. Do you? Are you with this? Well, I, I need to know more of what that formula is going to be. I think what we have now for enrollment uh, and boys' numbers, you know, male numbers only for football, I think that is the most, you're going to hate this, the most fair way of determining wow. the outcome of what class you should be. It shouldn't be well, you haven't won a title in a while. Why don't you go down to this lower class and see if you can at least win some games down there? It's got to be more than a formula like that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it, but I think right now 
the enrollment factor is, is really the only one that anybody can come up with. Okay, I'm going to steal it from Alabama. I just had my guest on from Alabama. They do it for private schools, not for everybody. But I'm going to do it for everybody, and here's the formula. It can't be subjective. So here it is. I make the quarterfinals, I get a point. I make the semifinals, I get two points. I make the state championship, I get four points. I do that on a two-year cycle. And if I have semifinal to state championships back-to-back, I'm going up. End of story. Hmm. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, (laughs) I got you. Now you're interested. Now you're interested. I'm just trying to think about those nine-man teams that keep winning. Do they have to go up to 11-man then? Um, Sure. I understand where you're coming from on this. Um, I think we should tabulate that for a couple years and see what happens. Of course, it would be not. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be official. But we should follow that. Let's follow that this year and next year, and 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 see what would have happened if we would have gone with that type of scenario. I'm just not sold on just trying to put a, a, a committee together to say, you know what, uh, you know, I'll just pick on, uh, I'll pick on Douglas, okay? I'll just pick on Douglas because that's the first school that came to my mind. You know what, they, they, haven't, they haven't been to the state finals or they haven't gone long in the playoffs in a while. So let's move them down a class to see if they're more competitive at that class. I don't know, Nate, if that is something that would work with a committee just saying, uh, just looking at schools and what they've done in their history to determine what class they should be in. I'll say two-year cycle point system. Um, I think it's worth the discussion. I really, really do. Because you have the Douglases, the Spearfishes. You have those teams that have really struggled and their numbers have gone down like Spearfish. They really, really struggle, and they're not going to be able to win in Double A. They're just not. They don't have numbers like Pier and Watertown and uh, Aberdeen Central. I think we got to be careful when we start moving teams around like we did this year, Aberdeen Central and Watertown, and we said it was because of a competitive factor when there is yep. not an official competitive uh, formula in South Dakota. And I, I think there should be. Um, by the way, Craig Maddock, I want to ask you the question of the day. Speaking of football, question of the day, Brett Favre says – He's working with the Concussion Legacy Foundation. They've done a lot of research with Boston University. Brett Favre says, I wouldn't have my son play, and I don't think anybody should play tackle football until 14 years old. How much of a factor with football numbers dwindling is this CTE concern, the health and safety piece? Well, I, I think the, the CTE study is a study that is going to take I believe, more than just four or five years. I think it's going to take 10, 11, 12, uh, and even more to, to study the, the after effects and everything that goes with that. And I know Sanford here in Sioux Falls, they've done an eight-year study on youth football and how okay. how that has been effective, and, and the, the numbers have been pretty good. I would have no problem at seventh grade. Seventh grade, you can go ahead and play tackle football. Prior to that, I would have, I would have no problem with them having play flag football mainly for how to learn to play the game. Um, that way, once you hit seventh grade, I think your body is starting to form enough where you can, you can play tackle football. Uh, I, I think that's something to look at. But as far as numbers so, dwindling, uh, things you, like that, I think it is, but I think it's because of a number of reasons. A number yeah, of reasons. Yeah. I think uh, other, other sports, uh, um, 
the numbers in a program. I mean, let's face it, if you're in a big school, if you've got if you got a hundred kids on your football team, you know, if you're not one of the top twenty, twenty five, you're not gonna see the field much and that can be frustrating for those. Uh smaller schools you're gonna see participation a little bit better there. Uh but as far as uh waiting until you're fourteen, well I think seventh grade would be a good start. I know that that is a start for many kids. Um, third grade, fourth grade, eh. I, I would rather have them playing flag football and learning the game and all of the techniques uh, for the game. By the way, 70% of my audience today in that question say they agree with Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre's just the spokesperson here, but that's a big name behind this, saying, hey, wait until 14 to play tackle football. 70% of my audience says mm-hmm. um, he has a point. You should wait so until... That'd be, like, uh, that'd be like almost a freshman in high school. Um, yeah, that, eighth that, grader, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, 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 you know, I said seventh grade. I mean, that, that's pretty close. And by the way, the uh, former Vikings are great. Um, a lot of people like what he said. Yeah, I believe that. Former uh, Viking yeah. <laughs> I was I was confused for a minute. You had me. Um, <laughs> you had me. I'll let you run with this. Craig Maddock on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Your Vikings lost to my Broncos 33-6 to um, oh on Saturday. There. You were. Yeah. Well, yeah, did was, you enjoy I was, that? I, I, uh, I did not enjoy it because uh, the Vikings second teamers looked absolutely awful. Awful. There, there was no no juice. In anything, uh, Broncos look good. You know the the rookie, the rookie wide receiver who got two touchdowns, uh, Benson. I think that's yes, his last yes. name. Uh, I was sitting with his parents um, wow. uh, at the game, and uh, they were pretty excited. They're from Texas, and there's a kid that uh, look look out for him for your Broncos. He might he might be something. Something to watch for. Is he going to crack the team? We shall see. So Craig Maddock endured. He, he endured the Vikings' loss, and as you said, the oh. twos and threes, they just looked uh, rough. And those guys yeah, are going to have to play. They're going to have to play. They're not starters, but they got to play. Uh, no. Your number ones are a lot better than our number twos. I can tell you that. Oh, that's that's uh, that's uh, very condescending. Thank you. All right, Sorry. Uh, Craig Maddox, uh, Roland. I always appreciate it, Craig. Thanks a lot. All right, Nate, see you. All right, Craig Maddock, live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota Public Broadcasting, longtime high school football broadcaster. Um, and he, he's, he's interested in competitive balance, but he doesn't want a committee to tell us this team moves up, this team moves down in high school football. No, I, I don't either. So, so this, is, this is the plan. You know, people always, um, not Craig, but people have thrown this out to me. Well, how would this work? I mean, you're just coming up with competitive balance and you're just going to tell a team you were good one year, you're up, and you're bad one year, and you're down. I I said yesterday, maybe it's a three-year cycle, but Alabama does it on a two-year cycle. So let's try that. Two years, and you come up with a point system for your postseason results. So there's actual metrics, you know? It's not just guessing, hey, Pierre's really good. No, they've won four straight state championships, they should be up to AAA right now to see how that goes, see how competitive is it, it is. Uh, case in point, I, I tell you, Rapid City Central, for example, would then move down to AA. How would Rapid City Central do in AA? So it would work both ways. Many, many states talk about it. They think we got to do something outside of enrollment because the enrollment factor is just outdated. 
I mean, we think, oh, enrollment's big, your football team should be big, and so that's it. There's so many other sports, so many things, so many factors going into high school football program building now. Not every boy that's at school is a, a, you know, oh, he's a football player. No, that's not the way it is now. That's the way it used to be for my school. It did. You know, mo- uh, most of our guys played football. That's not how it is now. It's different. Um, Lister text, I agree with competitive balance formula. Great idea. I appreciate that. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, listener text, but don't O'Gorman, Ron Colley, STM all petition up above their assigned class already? They do. They do. So that's that's that private school, public school uh, situation. So St. Thomas More could have been a nine-man football team this year. They could have been. But they've petitioned to stay up in 11B. We need a competitive balance. We really, really do. Okay, so there's a team in first place in Major League Baseball. There's a team in first place in Major League Baseball. How many fans went to their game last night? We'll discuss that with Ben Verlander, Major League Baseball analyst for Fox Sports next. You're listening to The Nate Brown Show. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Nate Brown Show and like us on Facebook by searching Fox Sports Rapid City. Rapid City in the Black Hills, if you're shopping for a new vehicle before you buy, stop by Gateway, one of our two locations, 123 Omaha or 410 North Campbell. We specialize in credit rebuilder programs. We specialize in finding you the rarest cars in the market. We specialize in the funnest car buying experience. If you have good credit, bad credit, no problem. We specialize in people. Gateway Autoplex with one of the largest inventories in the Black Hills. I'm Scott Anna. And I'm Adam Ray. And nobody, I mean nobody, beats a Gateway deal. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Mainly clear tonight with a low of 71. South winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 92. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. Scattered thunderstorms likely. Tomorrow night, lows around 62. Cloudy skies expected. Chance for scattered storms Thursday and Friday, 78. Thursday, 76. Friday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Right now, 101. Hey guys, the Man Salon is now offering a free beer with your haircut. So let me lay this out for you. You'll get a great haircut with your personal stylist, shampoo, hot towel, shoulder massage, all in your own station watching a game, and now having a beer? It's where I go every time. The Man Salon has two locations on West Main and Rushmore Crossing, plus offering a military discount for active and retired military. Sit back, relax, have a free drink, just book your next appointment and enjoy. TheManSalon.net. In the past, if you needed auto body repair, you had to get multiple estimates and then try to get your car into a shop for repair. Well, not anymore. In most cases, you can stop by one shop, get your estimate, and schedule your car for a repair. The question now becomes which shop you choose. If you like quality, choose J&J Truck and Auto Body. They have ASE, PPG, and Gold iCar certifications that allow them to offer you a nationwide warranty. And they'll work with your insurance company so you're pleased with the outcome. J&J Truck and Auto Body, 1513 East Philadelphia. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back.
back in South Dakota Sports Talk Show. The Nate Brown Show live coming up on the drive at 5 already. Are you kidding me? On a Tuesday, a flyby. It's a heater, though. Man, it's a heater outside. Too much smoke in the area. Looks like it's going to cool off a little bit here late in the week. I'm careful for all of those cool temperatures because all of a sudden then it becomes fall in South Dakota and then like winter tomorrow. So I guess we'll put up with the heat. I just don't like all the fires and the dry conditions. Uh, Everybody be careful out there. It's dry. It's dry. Brad Powers coming up live from Vegas. We're going to break down some college football win totals in the top 25. Powers, great handicapper. College football power rankings coming up from Brad Powers on tap from Vegas. Right now we go out to L.A., Ben Verlander. I think he made his way to Iowa and now has made his way back. He went to the Field of Dreams game. I was following there on Twitter, at Ben Verlander, at Ben Verlander, Fox Sports Major League Baseball Analyst and Flippin' Bats Podcast. Ben, it's good to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great, Nate. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you about Field of Dreams, Um, the experience, the whole thing. I, I started my show that day, and I said, Major League Baseball got this right. Innovative, unique, smart. Um, they got it right. They owned uh, really a week in August, for the most part, I think, positive story, and then the game was unbelievable. So what was your overall take on the idea, the experience in Iowa? I mean, the, the experience was, was better than, you know, it was probably the, the coolest experience I've had going to a game in my life. Uh, it, was, it blew me away. It was incredible. And, you know, going there, I've seen the movie Field of Dreams a million times, and I was excited to go. But I never really, you know, you could never know how cool it was all going to turn out. And then I got there and immediately just knew this was this was bigger than just a baseball game. And it, it was truly, truly incredible. Okay, so, and then the game itself just delivered uh, in a big way. Um, and then you think about, okay, Major League Baseball kind of using the momentum. It leaks out that, okay, we're coming back with the Cubs and the Reds. My Cubbies, I'm a Cubs fan, so I, I'm okay with it. What do you think of that matchup? I love it. I, you know, I, I've gone back and forth on when, when I, one, I'm just glad they're having it again. Um, but I think it's going to be tough to top the first one always. You know, like, I, I don't know what you do. Do you have Kevin Costner come out of the corn every single time? <laughs> right. What do you right. do? Um, so I don't know if it's, you know, it's not going to be the same experience, I don't think. But I love that they're doing it again. And the players had a blast. So I didn't know if they were going to, you know, do a thing where the White Sox are involved every single year since they're the team from the movie or what they would do. Um, but I think Cubs and Reds is a great matchup. It's a, you know, deep, deep, you know, both teams have a deep history. Um, and I think they could do it really good and really well. And I, I'm excited to see them. I, um, you know, I, I know both teams, not both teams, the Reds are playing really good right now. I, I know the Cubs are really struggling, but I'm hopeful they can turn it around next year and be a little bit better. But more so, I'm just excited to watch both of those teams and it'll be it's a historic matchup and you know selfishly i'm, a, I'm very excited to see the the jerseys that they each come out with i was i love the white Sox jerseys so i'm excited to see what those two teams do since they do have such a deep history i uh watch field of dreams with my daughters just because of the field of dreams game so we we dusted off field of dreams the dvd and uh they watched it for the first time it was a good week for major league baseball ben verlander at the field of dreams game and now back um let me get into this season in here Tampa Bay Rays first place AL East they had just over 5,000 fans at their game last night um 
a listener sent this in to me. He's like, this is unbelievable. I mean, a first-place team. Now, Tampa, are they in trouble here when it comes to that's a bad ballpark? They haven't drawn well um, anyway. Are they in trouble with that franchise? Is there going to be more discussion on we're in first and we get 5,000 people? we got to get out of here. Yeah, I, I think there has to be. You know, you, they've been a really good team for a while now. They win games. They get in the playoffs. They make a World Series. And what looks worse worse than anything is that this team was in the World Series last year, and they're still not getting a too good turnout this year when they're a first-place team and, and perhaps the best division in baseball. Um, so I know there's been talks in the past, and they've just continued. And even with these talks, you, you would think, you know, a fan base might rally around it and say, look, we need to do something about this. We don't want our team to leave. Um, but they've just continually shown time and time again that they're not going to get a good turnout in Tampa. They're just not. Um, so I, I think, you know, eventually we're going to see them go elsewhere. And, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that happens. I'm, I'm tired of seeing this team that's so good get five to 10,000 fans in the stands. They deserve better than that. They really do. They're an awesome baseball team. They do things the right way, and they deserve better than the turnout they get. Okay, what's the story in Florida with these teams? Marlins build a new ballpark, and that's going to fix everything. We're going to get fans. They don't get fans. I mean, they're not as bad as Tampa, but they don't get fans. Tampa doesn't get fans. What's the story with baseball in that mark- in those markets? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I just there's so much to do. You're right on the water. Um, people people are going to the beach all day. It's not the first thing on people's minds, especially in Miami, to say, "Oh, let's go to a Marlins game." And that might, you know, since that since that stadium has been built, they haven't really been a very good baseball team. Right. Um, so maybe maybe when when that turns around, they can they can fill the stands. But nothing has shown me that they will. You know, they make the playoffs last year, and which was kind of a weird year, and they're not the best team in the world, but they still didn't, they still didn't have a good turnout. Um, so, yeah, I, I just almost think when it comes to Miami and Tampa, like there's such hot zone areas for people to go and vacation and go to the beach and do all of this stuff that I almost feel like unless the team is incredible, like look at San Diego. San Diego never really drew that well, and now they have a very, very exciting team, and it's great. Uh, so I almost think it's that kind of market where it's not a baseball-first mindset. So the team needs to be incredible um, to, to come show up. And, you know, it's, that's just not the case, especially in Miami. Let's talk about the AL East. Here come the Yankees. Yankees just beat the Red Sox earlier today. they got a doubleheader going right now. Here come the Yankees. Are they coming? Yeah. Yeah, I think they are. Um, you know, I, I still don't believe they're the best team in that division. I don't think. They're even, you know, I don't know if they're the second best team in that division, but they're they're playing much better. Um, and you know, I don't think it's an, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Rays are going to win that division, and I really think it's going to be a dogfight between the Red Sox and the Yankees and the A's for that wild card spot, and even throw in the Blue Jays. So the Yankees are playing much better. I think adding Rizzo and Gallo to that lineup is a huge pickup for them, kind of a shot in the arm for that team. I know Rizzo hasn't been playing of late. But it kind of just showed the team, all right, we're going for this. We're all in. Let's go. And really, ever since they made the, those moves, it's kind of been uh, they're playing hot. I want to ask you, Ben Verlander, Fox Sports Major League Baseball analyst, one more. We had a no-hitter over the weekend, and it was the kid down in Arizona. The Diamondbacks have been miserable. But the Diamondbacks get a no-hitter on a first career start. 
Explain how hard that would be. You've been in the game a long time. You know, I mean, your brother's been an excellent pitcher for a long time. First career start, no hitter. Yeah, incredible. I think I saw it the fourth time in history that has ever happened. And, you know, what a cool moment for him. And, you know, immediately after the game, they showed his parents and his family in the stands, and they were in tears. It was just really cool. And, it's you know, it's, it's what's special about baseball is you have a guy – that's never had a start in the majors before facing off against another pitcher that's literally throwing a no-hitter this year. And the guy that's never started before ends up throwing a no-hitter and winning the game. And, you know, he kind of talked about it. He said he was really nervous before the game, and he was just able to settle in. And, and you know, it's not like it was a – one, I don't like when teams say, well, it was just against so-and-so. Look, these are major league players. Um, it's a great it's a it's a they're a bunch of good hitters, but this certainly wasn't that case. It was against the Padres, who's one of the best offensive offenses in the league. Um, so to see that, um, I don't even know how to explain it, man. And I think that's the beauty of baseball is you have a guy that has never started before in the major leagues, and he goes down goes out and no hits one of the best teams in all of baseball. It's it's special, and that's what that's why we all love this game because you know you you can't win the game on a piece of paper. Uh, you got to go out and play the game, and every once in a while, really special things happen. Tyler Gilbert, first career start for the Diamondbacks, first Major League Baseball start, and he throws a no-hitter uh, for the Diamondbacks against San Diego. Ben Verlander in, back from the field of dreams, and uh, maybe he'll get back there next summer. Cubs-Reds in Iowa. I might have to get there. I might have to get there. The Cubs need to pick it up a little bit. Maybe I'll go. Ben, thanks for coming on. I always appreciate it. Of course, man. And if you're there next year, I better see you there. All right, that sounds good. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that. I, I better put that on the docket. I better put that on the docket. Ben Verlander, Flippin' Bats podcast, really good. Find him on Twitter at Ben Verlander, Fox Sports Major League Baseball analyst. Um, does a great job. Cubs, Reds, Field of Dreams. How do I do? I try and work a deal. I mean, Iowa, right next door. That's a short trip over there. I think we start working on that. I think we start working on that. Who do I know in Major League Baseball? I have to have one of the shows that talks about Major League Baseball the most in the country. I mean, that, that gives me one point. That gives me one point. And then it's about who you know. I'll go to the Rolodex. I will go to the Rolodex because I might have to go to the Field of Dreams. Cubs, Reds. That's it. That's the plan. You never know what's going to happen on the Nate Brown Show on a Tuesday. Into the drive at 5, I've got something for you here. I, I, I want to lay out two things, okay? Two things can be true about Tim Tebow. Oh, boy. You know you want to hear this. Two things can be true about Tim Tebow today, okay? Let's discuss it next. The Nate Brown Show. Hi, this is Britt Wicket at Elevate Performance. If you have an athlete in your family that is looking for sports training with proven results, Elevate Performance is ready to work with you. Our approach is different. We train one-on-one or in a small group, keeping the focus on your athlete, getting them to perform at their best. If your child is in middle school or high school, we have plenty of training options to fit your schedule. Take your game to the next level with Elevate Performance. To get your training started, visit ElevatePerformanceSD.com. True taco lovers can't say Tuesday without thinking taco, especially at the home of Taco Tuesday, Taco John's. So this taco, head to Tuesday John's for Taco Tuesday, or maybe it's Tuesday Taco. Either way, there's deals on delicious beef Tuesdays or tacos happening all day. 
And this Taco Tuesday, celebrate your favorite day of the week at Taco John's with 99-cent beef taco deals. KIMM Rapid City and K294BT Rapid City. This is the Black Hills Sports Station, 106.7 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. Do you own a Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Jeep, Subaru, or Lexus? Good news. Your vehicle is in high demand and worth more than ever due to the Black Hills having limited inventory. Call or come by Denny Mendel's Toyota in Rapid City today. We buy vehicles outright or take trades, and we want to talk to you. At Denny Mendel's Auto Group, we buy cars. Did you know that vehicles are in high demand? Due to limited inventory, your vehicle has never been worth more. Stop by any of our Rapid City Denny Mendel's dealerships and either sell or trade today. Located off I-90 on East Mall Drive. Drive in today. Customer service and knowledge. You expect it, and we provide it. As a general insurance agency, Fisher Rounds & Associates has aligned itself with the nation's strongest carrier networks, giving you the highest quality coverage at the best possible price. When it comes to claims or other issues, we handle everything so you don't have to. That's what we mean when we say we're at your service and at your side. Fisher Rounds & Associates, proudly serving South Dakota with offices in Pierre, Mitchell, Rapid City, Sioux Falls, and Watertown. Hello. Welcome, class of 1994. 25 years ago, an insidious and repugnant mistake was made. Phil Merkel was voted class brain. What? What? In driving by Phil's home tonight, I made a gruesome discovery. Phil did not use renewal by Anderson for his replacement windows. I don't see the big deal. Oh, really? Everyone knows when you need replacement windows, you need renewal by Anderson because they only do windows. They're experts, no subcontractors. I didn't know that. Shut up, Mr. Class Brain. And renewal by Anderson uses Fibrex windows, keeping your home warm in winter, cool in summer. Really, though? I had no idea. But Craig Guzinski knew. He used renewal by Anderson, which proves that Class Brain should have been awarded to Craig Guzinski. Wait, but... You're Craig Gazinski. Yes, I am, and I gratefully accept this award. Thank you. For a perfect fit, call Renewal by Anderson of South Dakota, 605-593-5991. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Remember to catch me weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. right here on 106.7 FM and 1150 a.m. Fox Sports Rapid City. And now, back to Rapid City's sports talk show, The Nate Brown Show. Nate... Welcome back in on a Tuesday. It's always a great day in the Black Hills. We know that. Thanks for checking in on the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. We're live, 106.7 FM, 1150 AM. Thanks for listening on the radio. You can catch us on your phone on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. Find us there on Twitter, at Nate Brown Show. Follow us. Watch the show live in studio camera. Up and rolling on YouTube as well. The Nate Brown Show, the live show and the archive show all right there. The Nate Brown Show on YouTube. Question of the day. Have you chimed in? A lot of votes, over 200. Um, What is your take on Brett Favre saying no tackle football until 14 years old? He's out on a new PSA today with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, and they're working with Boston University studying CTE, the the brain condition. Um, And Brett Favre says no tackle football until 14 years old. That would be eighth grade and up. Um, what do you what do you think? He has a point. Flag football is the best, or tackles okay if you're doing it right. 
69% of you saying flag is best. Brett has a point. 31% say tackle's okay if, if you're doing it right. Let me know, 720-1067. Pretty high number saying flag's the way to go um, with younger kids. Interesting. Um, Brad Powers coming up, college football analyst, live from Vegas. We'll break down some win totals, over, unders, win totals, college football. There's a team in the Big Ten that people are saying today may make a major run, and it's not Ohio State. They're saying this team of the Big Ten is primed and ready to make a run, potentially, to the college football playoff. I'll get Brad Powers' thoughts on that coming up. My thoughts on the situation today. It was so interesting over the last couple of months. Everybody gets so fired up when they hear the uh, name Tim Tebow. (laughs) I've never seen people get so fired up about just some guy that's doing things right. Um, Has been a good teammate over the years. Has worked really hard. Has done a lot of great work off the field. Yet we get so fired up about Tim Tebow and people are so passionate that Tim is, you know, he shouldn't even be getting a chance with the Jaguars. This is a joke. And then and then he gets cut today. He gets cut today. And everybody's still fired up. <laughs> I just don't get it. You tell me. Um, people have such, oh, yang and yang opinions on this. Here, here's two of the uh, opinions that out there that I saw today. Tim Tebow, by the way, he was uh, given an opportunity with the Jaguars at tight end. He was part of the first round of cuts today. End of story. So a lot of people thought, oh, he's going to make the team. Urban Meyer, that's his favorite boy. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. You didn't have to get so worked up. You didn't have to get so worked up. Here's two extreme um, viewpoints. Tim Tebow was cut today because he was an outspoken Christian. That's why he was cut. He's too polarizing. He should have been given an opportunity with the Jaguars. I saw that one today from from like uh, one of the leading people out there. That's not why he was cut. It wasn't. He wasn't cut because he was outspoken Christian person. He was cut because he's 34 years old has never played tight end, wasn't able to get to be an NFL-capable tight end, according to Urban Meyer and the coaching staff in Jacksonville. Okay? That's why. <laughs> the end of story. Um, yet, yet, here's another one. Here's another one. Well, Tim Tebow, he was given this opportunity because he's privileged. He's privileged. Let me let me just let me just say a couple of things can be true. What is it? He was given the opportunity with the Jaguars. Why? Not because of Tim Tebow's privilege. Oh, it's Tim Tebow. It's because of his relationship with Urban Meyer. Have you guys had relationships with certain folks? that maybe got you certain things or certain opportunities to try and prove I can do this or that. Relationships matter in life, in jobs, in sports. They just do. 
They just do. So Urban Meyer has a great relationship with Tim Tebow. It appears that way. It's not because of any privilege that just Tim Tebow, he, you know, he's had this privilege. Nobody else would get this opportunity. Nobody else. He had a relationship with Urban Meyer that allowed him to, yes, get that window of opportunity, and it closed today. So that's true. He had a relationship with Urban Meyer. And guess what else is true? On the other hand, he just wasn't good enough. We just have to be realistic. I've been a Tebow fan. I am a Tebow fan. As far as I know, he's lived up to the hype of trying to work hard, determination, being a good teammate, doing all the things that teammates should as far as I know, going all the way back to the uh, to the Denver days, and Urban Meyer said that today. He said, elite warrior, elite competitor, players loved him. But it was the right thing to let him go. He Okay, that, that was Urban's statement. And my statement is, he wasn't good enough. Is that okay? What, what's, is it okay that he got the opportunity to try and see? Yeah, I think that's okay. I mean, we just we just get so fired up. He should have never gotten the opportunity. It's because of privilege. And they, oh, he got cut because he's Christian. Guys, take a step back. Thanks for calling. You're live, and you go ahead. Hey, Nate, thanks for a little breath of common sense, because you're right on both factors there is like, on both sides of the spectrum, oh, he's cut because he's Christian, or he only got the opportunity. Um, I'm guessing that if Tim Debo, or excuse me, Tim Tebow, the quarterback, who wasn't an advocate for the Christian faith, or you know, was out doing what he did, and you can argue his his Heisman Trophy or blah blah blah, which I I don't think if you look at the year that he got it, you can. Um, I'm a Nebraska fan, and like people said the same thing about Eric Crouch, but he wasn't a uh, uh, he wasn't out there with a Christian faith and doing things like that, and and then being on you know later on being on TV and stuff like that is you're exactly right. Is if he'd have been whatever John Smith, the quarterback at Florida. That did what he did and won the Heisman. I guarantee he would have got the same opportunity. Yeah, I think so. You have that. Op- you have that relationship. I that that's where this started. That's where no, it started. It, it, absolutely. It's, I mean, when you're talking at that level, I mean, at the at, at that level of college, and then now we're talking pro football, and you, you can say whatever you want about Tim Tebow and things where he stands politically, or you know, with his faith or anything like that. Um, and because people, I mean, they, they cried and whined about the same thing with baseball. And, yes, yes. And, and he put the work in there. And you know what? He never, he, he he never ever tried to pretend that he was something that he wasn't. And the same thing, because I, I I seen the news article come out and I seen a tweet he had. He wasn't feeling sorry for himself. He wasn't like, oh, you know, gosh, this, that, or the other. No, no. He said thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate appreciate the opportunity, and you know, all things work out the way they're supposed to, essentially. And the good Lord has a plan. And like I said, whether you want to hear that or not, but like I said, so take his faith out of it. And no, 
Absolutely, you're 100 percent right. Um, there, there's more people upset that Tim Tebow got cut or or whatever, or that he got the opportunity than Tim Tebow is today. I mean, I think no. he's just moving forward. I commend no. him for trying to continue to compete. He's a competitor. That's what no, he is. A- no, absolutely. I think he's a great role model for the fact. Like, I mean, that's like, uh, I mean, there's <laughs> there's a you know really famous quote from Michael Jordan for the fact like all the things he failed at in life, which led him to succeed. And you can make the same. And, and I'm not saying Tim Tebow is on Michael Jordan's status or anything like that. All I'm saying is that in, in, in whatever factor, whatever category you are in life, is you're going to continually fail. But the only way you're going to succeed is if you keep continuing to try and be better. And the only way you get better is continuing to fail. So it, I, I just, to me, it's like mind-boggling that people are so fired up about it. <laughs> I know that. I, I'm no, telling you, I, though, people say, Oh, Tim Tebow. I, and I said, I've never seen people get so fired up either way. It's really, really inter- uh, interesting. Well, I, I think it's super polarizing for the fact, like, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, you factor everything in, the Urban Meyer thing, the Florida thing, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, his time in the NFL, and everybody questioned that. And, you know, you know, God forbid he had, a, you know, a little bit of success there. And, and I'm not saying he, he was super successful, but – the little bit of success that he had is because he competed. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there there were guys around him that are probably still in the game that would say the same thing is, yeah, no, the guy, the guy, you know, the guy who's not Joe Montana, you know, the guy's not Tom Brady. He was never going to be, but that guy showed up every day and worked hard and and he was a good teammate. And I mean, what better message can you have for kids? I like so, guys like that. I don't know about you. Know, you. Yeah. No, amen. amen. <laughs> I appreciate it. And Thanks, I, guarantee he, I guarantee he'll be successful at whatever he does next. I appreciate it. Thanks for getting in. Um, good to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, I, I like guys that compete, are good uh, role models. I mean, we always think about the, all these other guys that we like, you know, all these other guys in the NFL that people like that aren't good role models. And then we sit here and we hammer Tim for getting cut from the Jaguars when they cut him down to uh, 85 players. People were just, oh, he's going to make the team. Oh, this is going to be bogus. This is going to be. And Urban said, it's over. It was the right thing to do. And Tim said, thanks for the opportunity. Next. Brad Powers, college football analyst, is in next. A Big Ten team that you're not going to believe people are discussing today. They made a lot of staffing changes. And some people think they might make the run. I have my doubts. Brad Powers live from Vegas next. Your sports, your show. This is the Nate Brown Show on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM. Fox Sports Rapid City. Hello, this is Robbie at Bargain Barn Tire Pros. At Bargain Barn Tire Pros, we are what we like to call your one-stop vehicle shop. Some of you don't realize that we're more than just a tire shop. We are a full-service center. We do brakes, shocks, alignments, and we also do exhaust. So if your vehicle is loud or making a squeak, call the pros at Tire Pros. 1610 Campbell Street, 1811 Deadwood Avenue, or look us up on the web at BargainBarnTire.com. 
Black Hills Community Bank wants you to know that now may be the best time to refinance, purchase, or even build a brand new home. With rates this low, Black Hills Community Bank is well positioned to be your local partner. They are your home loans bank with local originators, underwriting, processing, and closings. They challenge themselves to close every loan on time. This may be the time to think about home ownership or refinancing. With Black Hills Community Bank in Rapid City and Spearfish. Online at bhcbank.com. Member FDIC equal housing lender. At Terrell Tires in the Speed Center, we let our customers do the talking. Very well-maintained tire and speed shop, over-the-top service, and very reasonably priced. Need I say more? Scott and crew at Terrell Tires have always gone over and beyond for us. Great prices for great tires. Also, anytime we've needed odd-sized tires for ranch equipment, Scott gets us what we need. Great customer service. Spent plenty of time answering all of our questions, and the truck looks awesome with the new rims. Terrell Tires in the Speed Center, 105 North Campbell Street, Rapid City. The doctors and staff at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center have provided expert bone, joint, and muscle care to patients in the Black Hills area since 1976. Whether you're an elite athlete, a weekend warrior, or just want to continue your active lifestyle, the orthopedic experts at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center will help you stay in the game. Don't let an injury keep you from doing the things you love. Trust the team at Black Hills Orthopedic and Spine Center, specializing in what moves you. Learn more at bhosc.com. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back to the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show. We've got Brad Powers in today. Brad Powers, great college football analyst. He's got his power rankings out. Find him on Twitter at Brad Powers 7. Brad Powers 7, live from Las Vegas. He's put He puts a few bets in on games, just a few. I want to know where he's at as the college football season approaches very, very quickly. Brad Powers back on the Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. Brad, good to talk to you. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. Doing well. Appreciate your time. I want to get into something here. People are talking about today. I just saw this story saying, okay, this team, a lot of staffing changes. They're primed and ready to make a run, not only in the Big Ten, but maybe towards the top of the pack. I saw that story today. Michigan. Where does Brad Power sit on Michigan and how good they can be? Well, I mean, they're much improved the Wolverines from last season, but again, that's not saying much because Michigan wasn't very good a year ago. But I mean, I certainly think they're one of the most improved teams. I got them power rated more than a touchdown better this year compared to last year. But when you plug that, even that that improvement into a schedule, I still think Michigan's right around a seven and five football team. And to me, that's not going to sit well there among the alums in Ann Arbor. And I'm not sure that it gets uh, Jim Harbaugh another year uh, <laughs> if he'll be back in 2022 if the Wolverines go 7-5. and five. I mean, Washington in week two, even though it's in the big house, that's a really tough game. At Nebraska is not easy. Uh, Indiana at Penn State, Ohio State, we're, we're, we're at Wisconsin. I mean, those are all games that aren't layups. So uh, I think it's a 7-5, and five, maybe 8-4 and four type of season uh, because of uh, Michigan playing a top-10 difficult schedule in the country. Who's the best team behind Ohio State then in the Big Ten? 
I think it's Wisconsin. I mean, we're going to find out week one. We don't have to wait. I think it's either Wisconsin or Penn State, and they play each other. So uh, the Badgers having that game at home is, you know, obviously a feather in their cap. But on top of it, I also think Wisconsin's on a little bit better footing than Penn State. And with regards to the Badgers, yeah, I mean, they had a disappointing season a year ago. But they looked pretty good early, and then COVID really ravaged that team, and they just couldn't find much consistency. I think Graham Mertz at quarterback will have a better season. He'll look more like he did in the opener against Illinois than what he did the rest of the season. Defense will be top ten in the country, in my opinion. And when they're rolling along at quarterback and on defense, then Wisconsin, if you look at them historically, the last 20, 30 years, I mean, they've been uh, you know, a top 15, if not top 10 type of program, then that's where I expect the Badgers to be. Brad Powers, college football uh, power rankings are out. Find them on Twitter at Brad Power 7 a great follow. I follow him there uh, live from Las Vegas. I want to get your read on the Huskers. If you had to bet today, you're in Vegas, you, you get on your app, you say, okay, you had to bet the win total for the Huskers. If you had to say where the Huskers are going to be, would you go over I mean, I'm seeing different numbers, Brad. We're sitting here at um, six and a half is what I've seen a lot, six and a half. Where would you go with the Huskers? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Depends on what, <laughs> what It always depends on what number. And with season win totals, you can you know, shop around because you can find different numbers. And you can find a lot of times uh, old Brad Powers, it can be on opposite sides uh, depending on that number. But if you're giving me a six and a half, I'm going to, I think the under is more likely than the over, believe it or not. And again, it's not that I'm necessarily down on Nebraska. I think this is Scott Frost's best team that he's had, 17 returning starters. Uh, you know, they, they look solid at the line of scrimmage. I don't see a lot of playmakers at the skill position, and obviously you need Martinez at quarterback to finally take care of the football, but the reason I'm going under six and a half, that's what you're giving me, uh, it's schedule. Again, one of the most difficult schedules in the entire country. Uh, I think it's really important for Nebraska to get off to a 3-0 and start because starting with the game against Oklahoma, uh, I mean, it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, after, after the Buffalo game on September the 11th, I don't have Nebraska favored by more than a touchdown in any of those games after those first three. So they're going to have to – bowl eligibility should be the goal for Nebraska. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are saying, okay, can they get to six and six? And I think that might be a challenge. You said it. The schedules are really, really tough. Um, The crossover games are really, really tough. You seem like you're high on Penn State when it comes to the AP Top 25. They weren't, uh, you know, they're they're fine, but um, your power rankings, you like uh, Penn State. Yeah, I do. I got the the Indy Lions number 11 in my power rankings. And just to put in perspective, you know, I had Wisconsin 8. So I'm really high on Wisconsin. I'm also high on Penn State. Penn State's one of the most improved teams. And they showed that at the end of last season. There's a team that started 0-5 for the first time in 134 years of playing football. It's a COVID season. They could have rolled over, uh, and they didn't. They won their last four games, and I think that was a good sign. Uh, I think the defense should regain their form after allowing their most points per game since 18, not 19, 1889. Offense with a new coordinator, I think, will be a little bit better. You know, Penn, I think obviously the key game is that week one game at Wisconsin. But I did, you know, if you're talking bets, I did bet Penn State against Auburn in that week three game. I like Penn State to win that game. And, you know, we'll see. Again, difficult schedule. It's a Big Ten. And when you're playing, you know, some tougher non conference games. 
and your crossover games against you know at Iowa it isn't easy. So I think Penn State's right around you know nine and three this year. When you're talking big games, Brad, Clemson, Georgia, how tight is that? Well, I mean, I'll start with how big it is. It's a, as good of a week one game as we've ever had in the history of college football. So I'll start with that. As far as how tight it's going to be, you know, the point spread right now has Clemson favored by three. I think the right team's favored, and I think the point spread is right in line. I, you know, I'm not afraid to make a lot of bets this time of year. I've made almost 200 now, and, and there'll be more to be made in the next few weeks. But uh, and that's one I haven't touched yet. I think it's appropriately priced. Uh, obviously, I, it's the only game all season, if we're just going off my power ratings, where two top five teams play each other. So, I mean, you can make a case that it's the biggest game of the entire regular season that's happening opening night. Yeah, that's massive. I mean, this this week one slate, I don't know if I've seen that in, in how many years. I really don't. I mean, you mentioned Clemson, Georgia, but then those other games. There's a few games that are big. Even even a Notre Dame-Florida State gets your attention. How about week one in college football from a historical standpoint? Yeah, I think you're on to it again. Uh, I, I think it's as good uh, as any week one we've ever had. I mean, it's certainly better than what we've seen the last few years. And I think it's really deep. Uh, I mean, I, look, I love college football. I'll watch any game that's on, but... I think, I mean, we talked about the Wisconsin-Penn State game being really good. Obviously, Georgia-Clemson, you mentioned Notre Dame-Florida State. I'm not sure how competitive uh, Miami-Alabama is going to be, but obviously two historic programs they're yeah. playing. And, you know, I'm even interested in, in Boise State-UCF is as good as it gets at the group of five level. To me, that's a really intriguing game. Yeah, group of five. One, you know, I ask you about the Wyoming Cowboys. Come on, Brad, you're my guy. Wyoming Cowboys, Mountain West. Um, they got a lot of guys back. A lot of people think the Cowboys will have a high win total. Could they compete in the Mountain West? Boise State's always the team. What do you say? Well, I did bet them under that season win total. That early one, eight and a half. I think oh. it was a, yeah, it was a little high. I think eight and a half. I mean, I, I'd place it right in that eight range. But it's not like I'm down on Wyoming. I mean, obviously with 21 returning starters, I think they're yeah, obviously improved. The problem is, you know, everyone's experienced. Fresno State has 20 returning starters. San Jose State, the defending champ, has 19. Uh, I mean, Nevada has 20. So everyone's experienced. Uh, you know, the, the thing with Wyoming, I think they're going to be really good at the line of scrimmage. Can they consistently throw the football? They haven't the last three years. I mean, that, that's going to be the key to their season. I, I mentioned I bet, here's where I, I kind of do some hedging. I bet under eight and a half just because I thought that number was a little high. But it's not like I'm down on them because if there is a team in that side of the division that can unseat Boise State, I think it's Wyoming. Especially with Boise State having a, a new coach, we'll see. They can be a little bit more high variance. I did bet Wyoming to win the Mountain West at 12-1. to 1. I think that was some solid value. Ah, value, value. Brad Powers has it. Uh, last one, uh, find him on Twitter, at BradPowers7. Always good to get him on talking college football a couple of weeks away. Um, out of your 200 bets, Brad, okay, give me your best one. Give me the you – got, you got 200 bets. Give me the best one. <laughs> Uh, the best one that I made is just the I almost thought it was a clerical error. I mean, it, it was Louisiana Tech. I bet under six and a half conference wins. Uh, I just I priced it more like four. We're talking conference only. They were priced at six and a half. A lot of their season win total overall is like four, four and a half in most markets. So, and that was just a mistake on the books. The half. I mean, if you want to talk game, my favorite one that I bet was week zero. I made. Uh, 
Uh, a couple bets on UCLA minus nine against Hawaii. The line seventeen already. Wow, UCLA was minus nine. Now it's seventeen. Brad Powers checking in early. So you got to get up early. You got to get rolling. College football analyst, handicapper there in Vegas. Brad Powers seven on Twitter. Follow him there. Brad, always good, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Brad Powers on the Nate Brown Show. We'll try and get him as the season gets cranking. Really good. Find his power rankings. Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. A great follow-up for college football fans and on the betting side. I really enjoy it. Brad Powers 7, live from Las Vegas. Um, we come right back, jump into the high school football reports. We've had a lot. Stevens, Central, St. Thomas Moore, Sturgis up here. Man, we went East River. we got to go Douglas out to Box Elder. How about the Patriots? Dan Machacek back as head coach. What does it football team look like for the Patriots this year. Coach Magic on the way. The Nate Brown Show. At Corey's Point S Tire and Auto Service, we have the highest customer service standards in the business. Why? Because your safety is what matters most to us. But don't take our word for it. Listen to what our customers have to say. I never have to wonder if the repairs or services were done correctly. The best. Number one in customer service. Outstanding customer service. And top-notch vehicle service and repairs. For quality auto service you can trust, choose Corey's Point S Tire and Auto Service. There's no stress with Point S. Farmers and ranchers with up to 24% lower shop rates than most local dealers. Adams ISC in Rapid City is your single go-to source for ag equipment inspection, service, and repair, including air conditioning. With over 20 years' experience, Adams ISC Ag Tech Gary Christensen will have your ag equipment repaired and serviced to your satisfaction, either in our shop or at your location with our fully equipped field service truck on Deadwood Avenue in Rapid City or at 605-343-9393. Contact Adams ISC. All right, it's summer in the Black Hills, and if you're looking for the best place to have a cold one with the best selection, the number one place in Rapid City is Poor 54 downtown. This is my new favorite spot with 54 taps of craft beer from South Dakota and regional breweries, plus cider, wine, and hard seltzer. Poor 54 has three levels with the great sports area upstairs. With Detroit-style pizza and great appetizers, there's just no place like it in Rapid City. you got to hit Poor 54 downtown at 615. Main Street. Here's some free financial advice from Pro Auto Care. Regular service and preventative vehicle maintenance always pays off big time. With regular Pro Auto Care service and maintenance, you'll extend the lifespan of your vehicle, and that means more miles and more years of use from your vehicle investment. That's just good economy. It's simple financial advice. You take care of your vehicle, and your vehicle takes care of you for a longer time. From oil changes to brakes, tires, and major repairs, see Tom at Pro Auto Care. Open as usual at 1891 Rand Road, Rapid City. It's been a trying year for parents. They've been confronted with countless challenges and have always risen to the occasion. If it isn't too much to ask, the 30,000 high school student athletes in South Dakota have one last request. Please set an example. Disorderly fan conduct at high school athletic events is on the rise. It increasingly involves parents. There's no question that parents are passionate. There's no question they care about their children. But at a time when we're all wound a little more tightly than usual, it's worth remembering this about South Dakota high school sports. Always be a good example. Stop unruly fan behavior before it starts. 
This message presented by the South Dakota High School Activities Association and the South Dakota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. In the Army National Guard, family means everything. They really appreciate what she's done as a sister as well as a soldier and, you know, supporting their country. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. Family members that are soldiers in the Army National Guard inspire and influence, setting a path for others. It's validating knowing that, you know, I kind of did my part to make sure this is what they actually wanted and that they feel the same way I do. I'm really proud that we get to help shape the future. And I know that my sisters are going to be amazing soldiers. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share in. A lot of pride, and they're just out there doing something every day and then serving the country as well. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the South Dakota Army National Guard. Aired by the South Dakota Broadcasters Association and this station. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales Service and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in South Dakota Sports Talk Show, the Nate Brown Show Live, Fox Sports Rapid City. Our high school football previews continue. We got to head out to Douglas. Yes, I talk to Coach Magic every season. Douglas head football coach. It's Dan Machachuk getting set for Douglas football. And he's getting set for practice, so let's get to it. He's got practice tonight. I know this guy likes putting in some work, all right? He wants to get his kids cranking tonight. Coach, it's always good to get you on. How are you? I'm doing good, Nate. How are you doing? Doing well, man. I always like talking football with you, so I'll start with Douglas football this season. I always ask coaches this, hey, how do the numbers look for you? How does the program look right now? You've been out there uh, quite a while now. It's always some kids are in, some kids are out due to the situation out there with the base. What's the numbers look like for you? Good. We're close to 60 with our numbers, 9 through 12, which is good for us, and uh you know, our off-season this summer, we had probably about 45 kids in and out, and that's the biggest number we've had since, I would say, that class that my oldest son was involved in where we had a really good season. So we're uh, stoked as a coaching staff. We're excited to play some football and see what we got. Okay, so why does, well, this class, we had 40-some kids in the off-season putting in work. Another class, we had uh, a few kids here and there. Why does that happen? Maybe they don't like me, Nate. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, turnover is, is different is one thing around here, and I think that sometimes, I think young kids, when we get a good class, it seems like the next class below struggles to be, you know, like a group that's kind of a go-getter. And for us, it's, I mean, we want to emulate some of the better schools. You know, when you're looking at Pierre, they, they have a strong 20 to 30 person class, 9 through 12, and and that's one of our things is to be able to compete. And I tell our kids to compete double A level. It's about numbers. We got to have big numbers. Dan Machacek on tonight from Douglas. He's got practice tonight. We're talking Patriots football. You said we're excited about it. Why is that? Do you have some talent with some size and your numbers? Why are you excited about this year? Well, you know, I mean, we got a bunch of kids that are working hard and uh, we've gotten a lot stronger. We did some different stuff as far as speed training this summer and, so I'd like to say that those kids are faster. Um, I feel like our team has gelled. You know, we lost, you know, a pretty good, 
big number last year of seniors. Seven are playing college football. And uh, I think that these guys kind of have that that chip on their shoulder. They're trying to prove that they're a good group of seniors as well. And our kids have been working hard together, getting things going. Guys are jumping in spots, filling in. And, you know, we have some size. I mean, I mean, uh, we got some smaller guys that are pretty pretty spunky, you know, like we always do here at Douglas. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, as far as size, I mean, our biggest guy, I'd say, is probably 6'4", 320, so we're pretty stoked about that. Let me ask you, um, Coach Magicon from Douglas talking Patriots football, is this 11 AA class is different now? Piers won it four years in a row. They're going for number five. You've played them. You've, you've had to match up against them. Now you've got Watertown and Aberdeen Central thrown in the mix. What do you think of how the classes are designed? Well, um, Probably a trick question if I gave you my truth answer. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I want that. I want that. You know, yeah, yeah. It's good for ratings, bad for Coach Magic dealing with administration. But uh, I think you know, like I, I understand why those guys chose to, to to try to drop down and get an eleven AA. Um, the argument, what I've been told through the grapevine, was that they weren't having the success in their program playing against the Sioux Falls schools, and and I feel like you know we moved to AA. We're one of the smaller classes. Our numbers kind of prevent us in the years that we are good. If we seem to have trouble in the playoffs, and then, and you know, for us, it's it's a numbers game. And so when we lose a guy by the end of the season, playing this tough schedule that we play in Double A, you know, to get through a season and be in a position to be able to win a playoff game is tough for us because you know the last time we were in a good position, I thought was a few years ago, and we had lost probably four guys, which is essentially eight for us. Because if I lose a linebacker, he's probably my fullback. If I lose an offensive lineman, he's probably a defensive lineman. And and I'm not complaining. It's just, I mean, it's where we are. We got to fight, and that's why one of our big off-season talkabouts as a coaching staff and and as with the kids is about numbers. We've got to have big numbers and make sure that our number twos are comparable to everybody else's number twos. I get it. It's an uphill battle, man. You've done a good job. You guys get after it out there. Douglas has a has a tough schedule in, in 11 AA football, some of the opponents you're going to face. Let me ask you, you've coached uh, your son before. You had a son that played college football. What's it like coaching uh, now your young son uh, getting ready to finish up? It makes me feel old, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I never – I never thought I'd be sticking around as long as they have him. But, I mean, it's a blessing. I believe that, you know, it's hard. And I tell people all the time, thank God my kid is a, a lineman. Because if he would have been a quarterback, I think everybody probably hated me because he's been starting for us since he was an eighth grader. And I think the fact that he's a lineman and he kind of works himself, he's a pretty quiet kid. I mean, I'm excited to share the time as his dad. But to coach him is fun. And and I get to see that. And then, uh, you know, watch him grow and develop and from all the hard work he's put in. Fun but hard. What's the hardest thing about it? I think making sure when I go home, I don't want to like beat him to death because of something that we did on the football field. So um, we try to separate it. And everybody always asks me the difference between the two. My older son didn't get a personal foul until his senior year in college at Shattered State, and my younger son got one as an eighth grader. So um, <laughs> I, I mean, different ways, personality, but. I think they're both their own people, but they're both very passionate about football. They're both leaders, and uh, just excited to kind of see what these next two years can bring for him because he's kind of taking that challenge on playing as a younger guy, playing against older kids. He's finally in that junior class where he gets to compete against kids his own age again. I'll let you run on this. Coach Magic heading out to practice. Douglas football getting set for the schedule launch next week. Um, Do you have a quarterback set? Are you all good to go there? 
Well, we have a lot of quarterbacks. For the first time in the history of our school, I'm pretty stoked. Um, uh, we have two seniors. We have Peyton DeWitt, who's also our tailback. He's been taking reps at quarterback. We got uh, Petty John that's been taking reps at quarterback. We also have two younger guys, uh, Tebow and Denicamp. They kind of uh, they're both sophomores and been taking reps, and they look good. And then we have a freshman kid that's Aiden. He's doing a good job, but he is a freshman. So um, kind of just throwing those guys out there, getting reps, seeing who can step up, be the leader. Um, each one of them make good plays some days, and each one of them remind me that they're young some days. So um, what are we going to do? I think right now the way it looks is we're probably going to be using a bunch of quarterbacks and, and rolling through and, and kind of being able to talk to the kids and making sure that they're good to go. Uh, and uh, just kind of see what happens. Douglas opens their season next week, and uh, Dan Machachuk and the Patriots, always a team to watch, compete. They'll compete. Douglas head football coach, Coach Magic on tonight. Coach, good luck to you. We'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Dan Machachuk, head coach, Douglas Patriot football, here on the Nate Brown Show on Fox Sports Rapid City. Uh, he always throws stuff around, you know? I like to, <laughs> I like talking to Coach Magic. What's the hardest thing about coaching your son? Well, that I don't uh, beat him down when I get home. <laughs> he's he's just he's kidding, okay? He's kidding everybody, okay? I like talking Coach Magic. Tough coach, tough coach out at Douglas, and uh, that'll be interesting. How are the Patriots going to do? Lost a pretty good group of seniors last year. Where are the Patriots going to be at? That class got tougher. You kind of heard that from Coach. Yeah, Aberdeen Central Watertown in the mix now. And they're way bigger in enrollment than Douglas. Way bigger. Yet we seem like, oh, that, this is fine. It's not fine for Aberdeen and Watertown to be up with Sioux Falls, but it is fine for them to be with the Douglases and Spearfishes. You tell me. Um, who's hot and who's not here on the Nate Brown Show? Uh, tonight, you don't want to miss this. The NCAA just released something today that's going to cost $37.9 million. What could cost $37.9 million for the NCAA, and who's going to have to pay for it? That's on the way. You're listening to the only live and local sports talk show in the Black Hills. The Nate Brown Show on FoxSportsRapidCity.com and live on 106.7 FM and 1150 AM Fox Sports Rapid City. Dale's Tire and Retreading has been providing quality brands of tires and excellent service to the Black Hills area for over 50 years. Dale's Tire sells tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, agriculture, construction, and more. Dale's Tire has what you need when you need it and offers appointment times to get you in and out faster. See the experts at Dale's Tire and Retreading. Two convenient locations in Rapid City, 691 Deadwood Avenue and 3200 Campbell Street. Dale's Tire and Retreading. Here's your Fox Sports Rapid City forecast. Mainly clear tonight with a low of 71. South winds 10 to 15 miles per hour. Daytime highs approaching 92. Tomorrow, mainly sunny. Scattered thunderstorms likely. Tomorrow night, lows around 62. Cloudy skies expected. Chance for scattered storms Thursday and Friday, 78. Thursday, 76. Friday. That's your forecast on the Black Hills Sports Station, Fox Sports Rapid City. Currently, it's 100. 
Here at Pizza Ranch, we love the unique ways other countries compliment their chefs. In France, they say magnifique. In Italy, delizioso. And in many parts of the world, it's a compliment to belch. Don't try that at home, kids. But at Pizza Ranch, we keep hearing the same thing over and over again when guests bite into our pizza. Mmm, mmm. Our famous chicken. Mmm, mmm. And all the favorites on our buffet. Mmm, mmm. We're beginning to think you're all trying to tell us something. We'll take that as a compliment. Pizza Ranch. Mmm, mmm. Physical therapy, athletic training, and sports science all at one place. Physio in Rapid City. Dr. Dan Jensen and his team at Physio are ready to help you perform at your best. From the youth athlete to the active adult, trust the team at Physio. Physio offers the skilled, personalized approach to physical therapy and athletic training. Building the best athletes in the Black Hills as the official strength and conditioning provider for Stevens Central and the Rapid City Rush. Learn more at bhphysio.com. Broadcasting from the Anytime Auto Sales, Service, and Detail Studio. Sales, service, and side-by-sides. This is Fox Sports Rapid City. Welcome back in the Nate Brown Show, South Dakota Sports Talk Show, live on Fox Sports Rapid City. Remember, if you missed the show live, we had Craig Maddock on tonight from Sioux Falls. We talked college football with Brad Powers, win totals from Vegas. He gave us some of his best bets. Ben Verlander checked in, Major League Baseball analyst, Fox Sports. Busy show tonight. Catch the podcast if you want to listen to it on your own time. Listen on demand. The Nate Brown Show podcast uploaded each night. You can find it where you get your podcasts. We're all over the place. The Nate Brown Show podcast out there where you get your podcast and FoxSportsRapidCity.com. Every guest uh, will list them when they appear. Easy to listen on demand. Who's hot and who's not brought to you by the Pizza Ranch every night at this time. The Pizza Ranch where you should be heading for dinner. The buffet open daily 11 to 8 for lunch and dinner. 11 to 8 buffet. And then you've got tomorrow, Kids Night. One child, 12 and under, eats free for every regular-priced adult Wednesdays on the Pizza Ranch Buffet for Kids Night. Who's hot? I'm going to throw in the NCAA. How did they make it? I can't believe it. The NCAA is in my who's hot category. Not for what they necessarily are saying today, but for somehow how they work this deal. The NCAA owes... million for their legal fees for fighting basically the name, image, and likeness case. They called it the Alston case. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Alston case compensating college athletes. The NCAA owes $37.9 million to fight that thing till the death. And they lost. Well, who's going to pay those fees? The NCAA just released this. All the conferences are going to pay the fees. All of the conferences, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, and ACC are going to pay more than $2 million to help the NCAA fees. More than $2 million from those guys. And look at I, I even wanted to look at this. How about the Mountain West? You know, Wyoming and these guys? $1.9 million. The Mountain West Conference helping the NCAA with this name, image, and likeness battle through the courts. Yeah, they're going to pay $1.9 million. How about uh, like the South Dakota State Jackrabbits and USD uh, Conference, the Missouri Valley? Oh, yeah, they're going to pay. 
$450,000. How about the Summit League? No, no, that's not. That's just basketball. That's just a small league. Summit League's going to pay $405,000. So all the universities and all the conferences get those fees rolling. Those conference fees are going to help the NCAA pay off that $37.9 million legal bill for a losing case that they were trying to fight the name, image, and likeness. Way to go. Um, in our Pizza Ranch Who's Not category, I hate to see it. I disagree with it. It just came out. The updated odds in Las Vegas for the first NFL coach to be fired. Who is it? Who's the first NFL coach to be fired? The highest odds just updated. It is Vic Fangio for the Denver Broncos. Not happening. I have a feeling the Broncos defense is going to be playing with their hair on fire. The Broncos defense is the most underreported story of NFL training camp. The Broncos defense may just have the best secondary in all the NFL, and they might just have the best defense. Led by who? Vic Fangio. I don't think he's the first coach to be fired, but Vegas says he is today in my who's not category. We're back tomorrow on the Nate Brown Show at 4. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to The Odd Couple on next.